Today, as I mentioned uh, earlier to many of you, is a special service. Um, no, we're not bobbing for apples up here. There's no cold beverages up here by where I'm standing. The purpose of the water that we have, even though it's in a, a cattle tank, the purpose of the water is for baptism. So before we begin, I'd like to just share briefly what we believe baptism is, what baptism means, why it is so important, and why it is that we, as a church, as followers of Jesus, practice baptism. So three, three quick, quick reasons why. Number one, baptism for us is a matter of obedience to Christ. It's a matter of obedience to Christ. In Matthew chapter 28, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he had his disciples gathered there and he spoke to them saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. To baptize simply means to immerse in water. This act of baptism is a symbolic ritual that actually existed before Jesus came to earth. But Jesus, when he came, as he died and rose again to secure salvation for sinners, Jesus infused this ritual with a new significance, and he commanded his followers to be baptized and to baptize others. This baptism is not just commanded by Jesus. We see it modeled for us by the apostles and those in the early church as we read the book of Acts. And we want to continue that tradition of obedience to Christ. A second reason why we practice baptism is because not only is it an act of obedience to Christ, but it expresses public commitment to Christ. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, after Peter preaches the gospel to a massive crowd, the author of Acts, Luke, tells us that those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. When a person is baptized publicly in this nature, what they are doing is publicly identifying with Christ and announcing their faith in him and expressing their commitment to follow him. So baptism is really step one in following Jesus as a newly minted disciple. So in the New Testament, this is how they knew who was part of the church. The reason they could say how many were added is they knew how many had been baptized. So baptism is an act of obedience. Secondly, it expresses commitment to Christ. But finally, baptism is a visible illustration of our salvation. Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. The act of baptism, which is so visually reminds us of Christ's burial, and then his resurrection. It is a physical illustration of something that those who have trusted Christ have experienced spiritually. First of all, it symbolizes union with Christ. We share in the death of Jesus. We share in his resurrection as well. Through faith, his death is our death. 
Through faith in Christ, his life is our life. This is why the New Testament refers not only to Christ being in us, but also us being in Christ. Baptism symbolizes our union with Christ, sharing in his death, burial, and resurrection. But secondly, baptism symbolizes cleansing from sin. Our sins are washed away, not by the waters of baptism, but by the blood of Christ. But even baptism can symbolize this cleansing. In John chapter 13, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And Peter, at first, kind of choked on that for a minute. He says, you shouldn't be washing my feet. And Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. But Jesus wasn't talking about getting your feet washed. He wasn't even talking about taking a bath. He was referring to something that was a spiritual reality. In Titus chapter 3, verse 4, it says, When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Baptism symbolizes this washing that sinners experience when we come to Christ with a broken heart and we trust in what he did on the cross. Baptism in and of itself does not have any saving power. We know from scripture some are never baptized and are welcomed into heaven. The thief on the cross trusted in Christ and shortly afterward, Jesus said he entered into paradise. And there are others who were baptized but were later condemned because of their unbelief, like Simon in Acts chapter 8. So we know that we are not saved by baptism. We are saved by what baptism points to, which is the work of Christ. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And our salvation is illustrated through baptism. So I hope this helps you to understand what it is that we are doing here this morning. The people who are going to be coming in just a moment are desiring to obey Christ by being baptized. They're desiring to publicly commit to follow Christ. Their faith is now going public. And they want to illustrate physically what has taken place in their hearts. So what I want to do is invite you this morning to be more than just passive observers. This is a chance to rejoice in what God is doing in the hearts of his children. It is a chance to to be amazed by God's grace. What we will see in here is a cause for worship and praise and encouragement, and gratitude, so I hope that you will receive it as such. I'm going to ask, I believe Lucy Wilson is going to be the first to come up, so Lucy, you can come on up and join us. So Lucy, why don't you share your testimony with us? Hi, my name is Lucy Wilson. I am nine years old. I want to be baptized today because I want to share with others that I am a follower of Jesus. I know Jesus has saved me because he died for me. I am a sinner and he is perfect and he is able to save me. I am trusting in him to save me because I cannot save myself. I know my faith is real because I love God and I want to obey his commandments. All right. Thank you, Lucy. Why don't you go ahead and climb in? You can hand that to Michael if you want. There you go. All right, you can turn around the other way and go ahead and put one hand over your nose. There you go. And then you can hold on to my hand. All right, Lucy, because of your trust in Jesus Christ and your public profession of faith in the gospel, because of what God's doing in your heart, it's now my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right. 
There you go. Let me pray for you. You can clap. All right, you turn around. Here. All right. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanks for what you have revealed to Lucy, that she is a sinner, but Christ is a great Savior. Thank you for her faithful parents who have shared the gospel with her, and I thank you for awakening her to the beauty of Christ and the truth of the gospel. I pray that you would bless her as she grows as a follower of Jesus and that you would use her to do great things for your kingdom. Amen. All right. Grace. My name is Grace Summers, and I remember I was getting disciplined one time, and I asked my dad, how do I get saved? I knew my sin was against God, and I felt like I was carrying an elephant on my back. I hated my sin, and I didn't want it anymore. I wanted to follow Jesus and never stop. My dad told me good news, that if I repent of my sin and trust Jesus, God will take me as one of his children and never let me go. And when I die, he will take me to heaven instead of hell, so that I can be with Jesus forever. On that day, I trusted in Jesus, and he took away all the weight of my sin. No more elephant on my back. I want to be baptized because I believe in Jesus Christ, and I know that he died for my sin on the cross. I want to follow him and be like him, so that whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, I glorify him. Turn around this way. All right, Gracie. Because of your profession of faith in Christ, because of your desire to follow him as your pastor, but also as your daddy, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hey, hang on. Get the towel. All right, let me pray for you. Turn around. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in Grace's heart. Thank you for her trust in Christ and her desire to follow you. We thank you for the freedom that comes when we bring our sin to the foot of the cross and you take away our guilt and our shame. I pray, Lord, that you would grow her faith and that you would bear much fruit through her for your glory. Amen. Hi there. My name is Tim Huffman, and I guess I'll start at the beginning. When I was about 11 or 12, my father, Scott, was starting to become interested in the Bible and theology and the sciences. Uh, But up until that point, as he shared with me the gospel, I realized that I wasn't really a Christian yet. I had gone to church, but I didn't really pay attention much. And although I knew about Jesus, I didn't really know what he had done for me. Um, I had uh, seen God by that point, and I saw that he placed uh, in my heart a desire for the gospel and for the scriptures, but as my father told me, it's not just through the scriptures that I'm, not through my own works of reading the scriptures that I am saved, but through Christ alone. Um, and with his guidance, I started to read more, pay more attention, and I needed to find my own salvation, and I needed to do it through Christ. Uh, these last few years have been especially formative on how uh, I've realized the failures of my sin and how Jesus is perfect and I should be condemned to death forever, but the Holy Spirit gave me the mercy and the grace to be saved. Before then and still now, I realized I'm not worthy, but I would like to surely, uh, publicly share my uh, admission to Christ through this, public, through this baptism. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, Tim, because of your public profession of faith in Christ, your understanding of the gospel, your desire to follow him, it's my privilege now to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
Lord, I thank you for Tim's faith and his desire to not know you from a distance through the faith of his parents, but to know you directly and personally. I thank you for how you have opened the scriptures to him and for his, his tender heart and his desire to follow you. I pray that you would grow his faith and sharpen his gifts and mature him and ground him to be more and more like Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right. How's it going, everybody? My name is Patrick Huffman, and I'm going to make this short and sweet so we can get on my morning bath. All right. I've grown up and been surrounded by Christianity my whole life. I've always taken it at face value, never really took the time to think about it. And that was partly due to age and maturity but, and some other things, but I've gotten older, more mature, and this has helped me to understand the reason why I'm here today. And that is that I've thought about the idea of eternity and how great it's going to be, and that I've put my full trust in Christ for dying for my sins to help me get to heaven and save me from eternal torment. Thank you. All right, Patrick, because of your faith in Christ and your public confession of the gospel, your desire to follow him, it's my privilege now to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We didn't get you all the way wet. There you go. So Patrick told you the short version. He was telling me that point that he came to start thinking about maturity or uh, eternity was on the back of a dirt bike going really, really fast. And suddenly you realize that life can be very, very short if you go over the handlebars. So God can use a lot of things to awaken people to their need for Christ. Let me pray for you, brother. Lord, we thank you for how you have revealed yourself to Patrick. I thank you for his desire to know you and his recognition of his need for a Savior. I pray that you'd grow his faith and mature him so that he can have deep roots and bear much fruit. Amen. I am Elizabeth Edmondson. I grew up in a Christian home, but didn't really become a Christian until I was 13. At that time, some close friends moved away under some heartbreaking circumstances, and I got pretty down. The pain made me wonder what the meaning of life was. I couldn't see any. And because of the great pain I felt, I didn't want life if there was no purpose for it. I was contemplating suicide, but I decided to wait a day and go to youth group just to see if God would show me some reason to live. A staff member there told me of her own story that was so similar to this. She talked of God's love and grace, and that night I realized that on my own there was no purpose. I could not do anything, and because of my sin and inability to earn salvation, life would just end in death and then hell. But I also realized God's love for me, a love so great that it caused him to give his only begotten son to die in my place. The death I deserve to die, Jesus took upon the cross. As Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, But while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This crazy love, beyond comparison, is the reason for life. He showed me that if I would give him my life, he would take it and use it for his glory. I desire to live for him, and discovering more of his character through his word, I fell more deeply in love with him. But then this past summer came with a lot of challenges. My faith was weak, and I couldn't believe that this God or his love were actually true. 
Without believing this, I had no foundation to stand on, and I went downhill pretty fast. A friend noticed and asked me what was wrong. I answered that I just couldn't see the evidence for God. What if Christians are just people who need a crutch to get through life? She encouraged me to seek out the truth, to not give up praying and reading the Bible, but at the same time to actually look for the evidence behind belief. So I did seek out evidence, and you know what? Found some. It wasn't, ev- it wasn't conclusive, and this bugged me, but I realized that as a person, there isn't anything that I can know 100% for certain. Believing anything is a choice. It is faith. There was evidence behind making this choice, so I made it. I put my faith back in God. One of the greatest pieces of evidence he gave me through this time was his patient love. When I could not see him, when I did not have the strength to seek him, he put people in my life who were a light. Their love and joy, even in the midst of hard times, could only come from one place, from the one who is perfect love. So here I am, having learned of his truth, love, and grace. Because he is true, I desire to live out my life for the only purpose that I could possibly have to glorify God, the maker of heaven and earth, to fall more in love with the one who is love, to accept and proclaim his grace to all I can. Amen. Elizabeth, because of your faith in Christ, your desire to be obedient to him, and to find your identity in him, it's now my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for your patient love and your mercy with us all, but especially how you have been so kind and merciful to Elizabeth. I pray, God, that you would strengthen her faith and that she would find great joy and satisfaction in knowing that she is loved, knowing that you have given her a great purpose, that as one who bears your image and has received your spirit, Um, that she has much to live for and much to be thankful for. I pray that you would use her in great ways to show others of your love and your mercy and your grace. Amen. And then also, Elizabeth is desiring to join our church and become a member today. And one of the requirements for that is to be baptized. So now that she has crossed that line, it is now uh, my joy to get to recommend you as elder pastor here Uh, For those of you who are members, to recommend Elizabeth Edmondson for membership here. So if you are a member at Redemption Hill Church and you are 18 or older, would you welcome her by saying amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Welcome. This is pretty cool, by the way. Never seen this before, but I'm Jackson, uh, so I guess I'll just get going. So I believe that there was a God at a very young age, but didn't really show anything. As I grew older and was in high school, I did not go to church frequently, and I didn't develop like I should have in coming to Christ. The past year or so, I started to realize that I am a sinner and that Jesus died on the cross to take away my sins, and that is a great thing, and it just, it's exciting. My last year in high school, I started dating my now fiance, Kira, And uh, she began to encourage me to start attending church. I started going more regularly, and I never truly understood what the gospel meant. But Kira's dad is a pastor at Countryside, and he kind of one day asked me what the gospel meant. And I didn't have an answer. I just started throwing stuff out there. I had no idea what it meant. And that's always stuck with me, and it still continues to stick with me. But 
attending Redemption Hill, I've come to realize the importance of the gospel and that the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ and that he died the death I deserve as a sinner. One way that I've noticed God working in my life is by being eager to learn more about him by joining a small group and reading the Bible and then meeting with JD regularly to just kind of meet and talk through the word and the book that we've read. And by doing this, I've noticed a change in my attitude and desire to glorify God. So, thank you. Jackson, because of your faith in Christ and your public confession of the gospel, your desire to follow him, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then Jackson also wants to become a member here at Redemption Hill. So you've heard his testimony, and we've all, I think, who know him are seeing evidence of his growth and his excitement to serve the Lord and to know him. So I'd like to recommend Jackson McCauley for membership here at Redemption Hill. So if you are a member and agree with that recommendation, please say amen. 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 All right, glad to have you, brother. There is a lot. That's all right. Um, it's not until recently where I basically got saved. I've always grew up in the church, but it was on and off. But when I came here, that's when I got a better understanding. And we always he basically did die for my sins. You can hand that to Michael. All right, Tanisha, because of your faith in Christ and your desire to Serve him and follow him. It's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Put your arms together there. Sorry. I won't hold you under too long, I promise. Put your arms together. There we go. We'll call that good. All right. Tanisha has been attending with us for about two years, probably, at least. And uh, it's been exciting to see her faithfulness, her desire for the word regularly here on Sundays and involved in our small groups and receiving counsel and growing in her faith. And that encourages me. Tanisha wants to join our church as well. So if you would like to welcome Tanisha as a member and you are a member, would you signify that by saying amen? Amen. 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 Welcome, Tanisha. So I'm just going to summarize over the last couple of years. Uh, This has been a story almost 30 years in the making. However, in 2014, I was an atheist called to read the Bible when I woke up one morning. Over the next few months, I read the Bible from cover to cover. As a person who God made to value reason and science, he took me down a rabbit hole of young earth and anti-evolution science research on YouTube and on the Internet. God had planned that that year I would not end it as an atheist. The Sermon on the Mount specifically where Jesus says, Have you not read, you shall not commit murder, but I say unto any man who hates another man has already committed murder in his heart, and have you not read, you shall not commit adultery, but I say unto you, any man who looks and lusts after a woman has already committed adultery in his heart. Jesus elevated the Ten Commandments and showed us that without God we cannot follow the law. These hit me hard as they were very, 
very actions that I saw okay as long as they were not acted upon. Once learning that Jesus really existed and seeing that he claimed to be God, I came to the realization that if there are many ways to get to heaven, Jesus died on the cross for no reason. While I was a sinner, Jesus died for me on the cross, and all I had to do was accept that, and he would help with the rest. Aaron, because of your faith in Christ and your public confession of him as your Lord and Savior, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. For those of you out there who are believers, who struggle to read your Bible, Aaron is always the guy I bring up. So I say, here's a guy who's an unbeliever who read it cover to cover in just a couple months, so you can do it too, okay? So just read the word. The power of scripture is amazing. And this is not the first testimony we've heard in this church of an unbeliever who read the scriptures and was converted. So we are encouraged and, and, and thankful for what God's doing in Aaron's life and encouraged by his growth and the change we're seeing in him. Aaron Freeze would also like to become a member here at Redemption Hill Church. So if, if you are a member, even if you're a member who's been a member for two minutes. Um, I invite you to join me in welcoming Aaron as a member by saying amen. 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 All right. Let me pray for you, brother. You can stand up if you want. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for what you've done in Aaron's heart and life. I thank you for the people who shared the gospel with him, the people who invited him to church. I thank you for calling him to open the scriptures and speaking to him by your spirit through your word. I thank you, Lord, for his confidence in the truth of your word and his desire to trust in Christ and follow him. I pray that you would grow his faith and continue to bring him um, towards greater Christ-likeness each day. Amen. So I, I hope that for those of you who are with us this morning, this has been a time not only for you to rejoice with these people, and to praise God for what he's doing in the hearts of his children. But I hope that you've also taken a few minutes to reflect on your own salvation. And I want to ask you, do you know Christ? Are you united with him through faith? Have you come to share in his death and burial and resurrection? Are your sins washed away by his cleansing blood? Do you have the confidence that these brothers and sisters have in the gospel? Even if you're a child... This is not something that is too difficult to understand. The difficulty comes with the hardness of heart, but God in his spirit may be speaking to you today to break down the hardness and the resistance and reminding you that you too are a sinner and you too need a savior just as these brothers and sisters do. If you do know Christ, I hope that you're encouraged and thankful today and that you are strengthened in your Commitment to follow Jesus as you see these people coming to publicly commit to follow Christ. If so, rejoice that God's grace has been extended to you. But if you are not a believer this morning and you do not have the hope of eternal life, if you do not have the freedom from guilt and shame, and you do not have that purpose for living like Elizabeth talked about, I want to invite you to trust in the same gospel, the same Christ that these people are trusting in. And to place your hope in him. He offers himself to you today if you will turn from your sin with a broken and a humble heart and place your trust in his finished work on the cross. 
If you will do that, you too can be united with him, cleansed from sin, made new and made alive. I would love to speak with you afterwards if that's something that you are uncertain about or speak with the person who brought you. But our heart is not just to celebrate what God is doing in, in their lives, but we want to see God do more of the same and perhaps in the hearts of some of you who are here today. But in general, I think this is a time to praise God and be thankful. And if you are a part of our church family here, we've just welcomed in four new members, and I hope that you will seek to know them, to encourage them in their faith, to build them up, to serve them. And I think you'll be encouraged as they grow and begin to use their gifts and serve here as well. So let's love them like family and welcome them into our church family. But I'd like to invite everyone to bow your heads and we'll pray together once more. Father in heaven, we are humbled to think that in eternity past, you planned to save sinners like us. You saw us and loved us, even though we did not love you. And you sent your son to live a perfect life, fulfilling the law on our behalf, to die a bloody and sacrificial death in our place, bearing not just the pain of physical suffering, but the eternal weight of righteous wrath. And we praise you, Jesus, that you rose again and secured life for all who would believe. I ask God that for those of us who know you this morning, that our faith would be encouraged, that we would be humbled and freshly grateful for your grace and mercy to us through the gospel. And Father, for any in the room who don't know you, I pray that today they would experience the conviction of sin that feels at times like an elephant on your back, that feels at times like hopelessness and purposelessness. I pray that you would awaken them to their need and show them the sufficiency of Christ to save. It's not about being a good person or doing good works. The power to salvation comes through Christ alone, and so it's him that we must trust in, turning from sin and receiving by faith the eternal life that only he can give. Lord, we long to see more people added to your family. We long to see your church around the world strengthened and grown. We long to see more worshipers added to the eternal chorus that will praise you forever as the lamb who was slain. God, we give you much glory today. No glory to any parents who shared with their children. No glory to the intellect of people who figured things out, but all the glory to you who awakens hearts and illuminates the truth. We give you praise and worship this morning. In Christ's name, amen.